0: W.A.T.D. presents John Paul, the Car Doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900.
1: Now, here's John Paul, the Car Doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 W.A.T.D., your South Shore's radio station. Well, this morning, we are going to try to talk to Junior D'Amato. Uh, Junior D'Amato owns Junior's Automotive. It used to be in Hyde Park in Middleborough. Now it's just in Middleborough. He closed his Hyde Park shop after, I think, 50 years of being there. I stopped into, um, it It was sort of, well, back up a little bit. Uh, We left Florida on Monday morning, uh, drove back up here up north. And, of course, the car that I was driving, my regular car, our uh, Hyundai Santa Fe, uh, the sticker was expiring this month, so I went to the local AAA-approved auto repair shop that was, in, um, that was in Dennis, where I live, Dennisport. Uh, Route 134 service uh, guy in there, uh, who I haven't really talked to in quite a while. Um, he was always one of our AAA-approved shops. Um, years ago, him and I were on the same Chronicle program together. I don't remember exactly what it was for, but we were on the same program together. And he, I didn't get a chance to chat with him uh, today when I went in. But I wanted to make sure that the uh, that, you know I got that inspection sticker done. The other car, which is we have an older Volkswagen that I paid almost nothing for it. And it sat here since we left in October to go check on the hurricane damage and all of that all the issues that we had down in Florida. And that car hadn't literally rolled a wheel since October. So I decided, why not take it for a quick test drive, make sure it's running okay. And I had it on a battery tender the entire time, so the battery was fully charged. The fuel tank was full of gas. Uh, I always put gas stabilizer in and fill the fuel tank. Fresh oil change. uh, Lubricated the things that looked like they were probably going to stick. And then... Once I got all that stuff done, I uh, put the car away, put a car cover over it. And uh, this year, I left the car cover on for too long. The car did get a little bit moldy inside. A little kind of green moldy stuff built up inside of it, which took really no time to clean. But it was still kind of disgusting when I opened the door. Even though I also had um, those plastic containers that are filled with some kind of salt that sucks the moisture out of the air. Uh, I had those in the car, and they were full water. They they certainly picked up plenty of water inside the car. But uh, I cleaned up the car, got it cleaned up, looked pretty good, made sure there was air in the tires. And then I uh, said, you know what, it needs a sticker. Why don't I go up and see Junior up at Junior's Automotive? That's a pretty good ride. That's probably a 35. 30- mile ride or so from my house that will kind of exercise the car a little bit i'll see how it's running because it it is our second car when we're here so uh you know it's good to make sure it's going to run okay and uh you know bring it up there and get an inspection sticker so i went up there and he checked all the lights and wipers and horn and gas cap and jacked it up and checked the front end and checked the parking brake and then plugged in his computer to it and made sure that there was no codes like he was supposed to and printed out the sticker. so we were good to go so the car passed okay and while i was there i said what are you doing on sunday morning you want to join me on the radio we can talk about what's going on in your shop what do you see and what have you been driving the last couple months for some of the test cars that he still drives so we're waiting to see if we can get a hold of him uh i did i don't think i don't think we've gotten a hold of him yet so uh but he did tell me he was on the road this morning, so maybe he's in an area where it's a little bit hard to get a cell phone to work. Um, so the ride home the ride home was about sixteen hundred miles. We didn't do it in we did it we did it we tried to take it as easy as we could, I guess. So on s- Monday morning, we left pretty early. It was probably six thirty or so. So you know, got up, got up at five, got ready, closed up the house, shut off the water, on, you know, you know, unplugged stuff that needed to be unplugged, got in the car. Uh, before we headed up, I changed the oil in the car, uh, put new tires on the car. Even though it really didn't need it, but I had the tires anyway, so I put, had those put on. Uh, put the new tires on the car. Um, this time I'm trying. Uh, trying nokian tires um wanted to see how they were and nice quiet riding tire um although i do question how one of them was balanced i saw some kind of odd weight placement on one of the tires but but anyway it was a good smooth ride coming up uh but we drove the first day from where we are in Florida, which is the biggest town near us, is Venice, Florida. gives you an idea. We're north of Fort Myers, but drove to about the North Carolina- South Carolina border. Technically, we, we stayed overnight in South Carolina, in South Carolina, but we are 10 minutes away from the North Carolina border. So we had a pretty long ride the first day. Uh, my wife doesn't really like long road trips. So but we drove for you know six thirty till it was probably four thirty in the afternoon, had to stop for gas a couple of times because one of the issues with the Hyundai is it doesn't have the biggest fuel tank in the world. So on a good day, if I fill the fuel tank, it'll say it has maybe a three hundred and forty mile, three hundred and fifty mile range. If it if my If I stay at the, you know, 65 miles an hour, and a lot of the speed limits vary anywhere from 55 miles to 70 miles an hour, but if I try to stay right at 65, um, I can get just about 30 miles per gallon. On a full fill up, if I, and I don't want to jam the gas tank full of gas because that's bad for the evaporative emission system, um, Maybe I can get three hundred seventy five miles on a tank of gas, so had to stop for gas a couple of times stopped in stopped in the Carolinas, uh, like I said, right on that South Carolina North Carolina border. The next day we decided to rather than go up ninety five, we took a kind of an odd route uh, up through Virginia through Pennsylvania, and um, this smoky haze that you hear about uh, pretty bad in New York and Pennsylvania, Uh, but we avoided all of like the New Jersey Turnpike, Um, New York completely went over the Tappan Zee Bridge or the Mario Cuomo Bridge as it's called now and so kind of missed a lot of that confusing, uh, hectic uh, traffic that you run into. So we kind of made it and I said to my wife, how far do you want to drive? And she said, "Well, let's try to get to the Tappan Zee Bridge, so you know, White Plains-ish, somewhere up that way." So that's sort of what we did. We kind of went as far as we could go that way, and um, we drove, and we ended up in Fairfield, Connecticut. Stayed at a uh, um, I don't know, Ramada Inn, I guess, in Fairfield, um, and um, we, were, we were, and we probably got there. It was probably the worst traffic we encountered was. Right on that New York Connecticut border, right into right into Fairfield, where we had a lot of traffic tie-ups. All just volume, nothing more than that. No crashes to speak of, uh, but it was all it was all traffic volume that was slowing us down. Uh, found this ma- uh, Fairfield in, and and we don't do what a lot of people do. A lot of people, I think, put a little bit more thought into the um, their trip. You know, they planned their hotel stops ahead of time. So they, you know, maybe even going to get a better deal on a hotel. We just sort of drove until we felt we couldn't drive anymore. And um, so we stopped at this Fairfield Inn. It was fine. Uh, although it was a little bit odd. I haven't experienced this in a long time. They actually um, put a $50 hold on my credit card to cover incidentals, even though there was no incidentals that you could cover. I mean, it wasn't like there was a mini bar. Or anything stocked in the refrigerator, so I don't know if that meant if you stole the towels. I don't. I don't know what the fifty dollars, but it came off within a couple of days, so that was fine. Um, and we, uh, the first night we went out, we stopped for dinner, and really about the only place available was a, a Mexican restaurant, which was fine. Uh, we uh, we had a, we had a great meal, and uh, on the second night. Uh, we asked uh, the guy at the hotel what's near here, and he said, oh, there's a really good Mexican restaurant. And I'm like, oh, we just had Mexican food last night. Let's go. How about something else? And he said, well, there's a Middle Eastern restaurant or uh, that, that opened up, or a Middle Eastern sort of theme restaurant that opened up. And uh, he's like, you could try that. And we went in there, and it was a very elegant-looking place, and I was not dressed elegantly. Um, but it was a very elegant looking place, so we went in and uh we just kinda sat at the bar and uh talked to the bartender a little bit and she said I said, How long how long you been open? Place looks brand new. She said, Well, we're not even really open yet. This is sort of a soft opening. We're not really gonna open for another week or so. We're trying to work a few things out. And um so we said, Oh, okay. And uh so we uh we ordered a drink and looked at the menu and found a few things on the menu that looked pretty good and uh then at that point uh the i guess the owner came over or one of the owners or one of the managers came over and asked us how everything was and and i actually had a little criticism of a couple things um and nothing bad i said you know you know we ordered hummus satini with and i said it's odd that it didn't come with more um pita bread and uh and red onion because that's what i'm sort of used to and he said you know what you're right he said my mother-in-law or mother's mother-in-law i think is syrian and she always serves red onion with with hummus you're right we should be serving red onion with it and we haven't got the whole bread thing quite worked out yet you know i'm glad you reminded me of that and um It was something, some other little minor thing. So and it was fine. It was, it was, it was all good. So we got, you know, so we, and then we made our way here and, uh, it was a pretty uneventful ride here, but because the house had been closed up since October, um, you know, we had to come in and, you know, turn everything on and go shopping because, um, uh, we kind of really emptied the house out and emptied the refrigerator and all that sort of stuff because this, um. the refrigerator we have here is relatively new we got it last year and normally our old refrigerator we just kind of leave it on uh because old refrigerators ran forever new ones don't always run forever and the old one we had which there was really nothing really wrong with it other than it was probably 30 years old um but we decided it was time to replace it so this year we unplugged this one and and so we were you know had to go buy condiments and all that sort of stuff and some of the stuff we took actually from florida up here so it was sort of a it was sort of an interesting ride up. I talk to people occasionally that say they do the they do this ride in twenty hours straight through. I don't know how you do that. Um, either you have a lot more comfortable seats or you get out and walk around a lot more in between um just that's that is not for me and and realistically you get that tired you're not going to be a safe driver either so um one of my neighbors in florida uh they live up in michigan and he said to me how hard is it just to sit and hold on to the wheel it's not like it's that much work but yeah it's a long time sitting in a car for that long period of time Uh, a lot of people i know try to do it in two days they drive for 12 hours stay overnight somewhere drive another 12 hours and do it um I don't know. Splitting it up in three days, and someday, if we continue doing this nonsense, maybe we'll actually do some sightseeing on the way. You know, every time I drive by the Don Garlitz, uh Drag Racing Museum, I keep saying we ought to stop in there and see what it's like. You know, should we go to Tennessee and see the Corvette Museum? You know, there's a lot of stuff to see on the way, um, and not just car stuff. A lot, of, a lot of, just a lot of stuff to see um, all up and down on the East Coast. That Probably is worth stopping to see, but we usually, well, we want to get down, is want to get down and get there, and we want to get back, and you know, get everything squared away up here. So it always seems like a little bit of a hassle.
2: We have uh, Tom, Tom from Kingston on the line. Well,
1: let's talk to Tom from Kingston then. We since since we can't get a hold of Junior, let's talk to Tom from Kingston. Oh, some second fiddle. Uh, <laughs> you're you're always you're always first fiddle, Tom.
3: Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. So you didn't talk about the exciting things coming up. Did you see any speed traps? Uh, how was the uh, police details coming up?
1: It actually was pretty. You know, other than you'd see an occasional state police car in Virginia, where you knew Virginia's a Virginia's a tough place. Yes, it um, is. it's uh, you know anything. You know they. You know you if you're more than I think ten miles over the speed limit, it ends up being a, 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 a I don't know move, more than a moving violation, and you end up having a you know hire someone to go to court for you it's a whole bunch of whole bunch of craziness but no i actually didn't you know didn't see that much of that um again mostly in virginia saw some sheriff's county cars in in the carolinas but not not that much uh connecticut i saw a fair amount of unmarked police cars because you can always tell an unmarked police car because you know, if you notice the strobe lights buried in the dash or some lights in the rear window. Yeah, and also, yeah. and also, um, if it's something like a Tahoe or an Explorer, um, those vehicles in civilian trim don't have uh, rear door locks. But in the police trim, they do. So if oh. you ever see, yeah, so if you ever see like a Tahoe or an Explorer with the rear door, with the, you know, a, a lock for the rear hatch, you know, those are typically police cars. So, you know, I did see some of those. But, you know, I was trying to. Both maximize my fuel economy and not get a ticket, you know. Because, you know, I work for AAA. I can't really, can't really get tickets, you know. <laughs> so, the an excuse
3: you can give to the trooper? Say, sir, I work for AAA. Well, well, I
1: will, I will tell a story that yeah. once upon a time, um, and I guess the, you know, you know, I can't get, I can't get in trouble for it now because it was, I don't, ten years ago. Okay. I was, I was driving to the New York Auto Show and i was in an audi i think it was an r it was a, it was a hot audi whatever it was it was a pretty okay. fancy pretty fancy audi and it was th- literally 3:30 in the morning and i was i just got off the mass pike and i was heading down i guess 84 oh uh, yeah, t- yeah. Yep. and i was doing 85 or 90 Ooh. but but I was, the only, I was literally the only one on the road. There was nobody around. And I kind of look way up ahead, and I see the reflection of the Mass State Police cruiser. And I, and I kind of said to myself, I wonder how fast you have to go to get him out of the... And all of a sudden, I saw his lights come on. Ah, you figured <laughs> and, that one out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, and I'm like... So I pull over, and he says to me, do you know why I stopped you? And I said, well, I can only guess because I was doing 80. And he said, or maybe a little bit more and i said yeah and he said how he, he said uh, i'm going to need your license and registration i said well, my license going to be easy my registration is going to be a little bit more difficult because this is a manufacturer's car it's not my car and you know let me look through the glove compartment to see if there's something in there that's got that ties into the plate okay. and i found and i found some kind of paperwork and i handed it to him and um he said to me how's your driving record and i said it's good i think as far as i know it's good and yeah. he says "He's so he he hands me a written warning and i and i said he said yeah, you know it's a written warning if you don't do anything stupid the next year it just kind of goes away sure, sure. it's only it's only a warning and he says and he says to me just keep it under 80 will you and so, <laughs> so 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 and just when i got back to work um, they ran my driver's license, and it was just because periodically at work they'll they do spot checks of your driver's license, okay. and because because I'm listed to drive a company vehicle, you know I can drive you know anything from our little company van that we have to a tow truck or a ramp truck I guess if I wanted to, so I'm listed as one of the authorized drivers. So periodically they run background checks to make sure you haven't done anything dumb. Yeah, and so I said to the guy who runs a check, just so you know. There was a, there, I, I, I got stopped for speeding, and I got issued a written warning, and he goes, yeah, that probably won't show up. So a couple of days later when they ran it, they said, no, it didn't show up. And I said, oh, well, okay. So – uh but I admitted to – you know, I admitted to speeding, and – uh and 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 like I said, it was it was when I got stopped, it was it was literally three thirty in the morning, mm. and and there was no other traffic on the road, and and like I said, I was just you know kind of comfortably cruising along, and then I saw that reflection of the mass state police cruiser and went, oops, and so I slowed down after that.
3: Yeah, I got stopped one time going uh, in Ohio, uh, older state trooper Uh, looks like he should have retired 10 years earlier and he says "Do you know how fast you were going and I says you want me to lie or tell you the truth (laughs) (laughs) and he says tell me the truth I says ah I would guess around 80 I had him cruise control I really don't know and he goes well you're doing 84 I said okay good he goes is this your dog I had a little small dog at the time I said yep and he says, where are you coming from? I says, Arizona. He says, where are you going to? I says, Massachusetts. He goes, oh. I said, at no, once. I says, I'm stopping, you know, resting and yeah. stopping in Massachusetts before I get all the way home. And he goes, oh. He says, what happens when you get tired? I said, let the dog drive. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a little sense of humor, so, yeah, which is yeah. nice. And he Ma- says that uh, I had the, um, what do you call those things, the radar detector oh, up yeah. on the dashboard. Yeah. And he goes, those things don't help, help you much because... Um, see you before they see, before I see him i guess that thing goes off before the radar detector goes off
1: well the the, so, the yeah I, he well, he's right he's right because the instant on guns it used to be when they had the thing hanging out the window that was on all the time yeah. it would the radar detectors would go off but when they pull the trigger you know unless they pull the trigger on the car in front of you then it's going to set off your radar detector but if you're the only one on the road yeah they're going to they're going to hit the trigger it's going to read your speed, and then your radar detector is going to go off. So he's right. It's a little It's a little late by then.
3: And they ask us typical questions. When's the last time we, you know, got yeah. stopped and stuff like that? I says, I don't know. I, says, I don't remember. Maybe 30 years or whatever. He goes, yeah. well, if everything's in order, uh, he said, uh, we'll take care of you. I said, okay. Comes back and goes, slow it down. He says, try to keep it around 75. I think the speed limit was like 70 at the time. Yeah. Yes, you got it, and I just put on cruise control and helped me just get out of Ohio, and then I was able to go on from there. Yeah, it was
1: nice.
3: No. So you you didn't go through New Jersey?
1: No, I mean I went through New Jersey for about four minutes. It seemed like it was a it was a really short trip through Jersey. Um, yeah, it was a it was a weird. I, I have to actually look at. I, I we looked at we when we came down to Florida, we had AAA do a triptych. And it had us going over the Tappan Zee Bridge and through, you know, through part of Jersey and all of that. Right. Coming coming back, um, we just decided to, we looked at this other route and kind of looked on some stuff online and said, Hmm. you know. And so I took my map out, my highlighter, and said, let's try going this way. And it looked like it was going to be about the same amount of time. If anything, it was a boring ride. It was, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to look at you know you'd get to you right. know uh, uh, you know busy you know kind of intersection on the highway where there'd be a truck stop but i didn't drive by um a bucky's gas station you know the big giant gas stations they oh, have yeah. i yeah. didn't drive i didn't drive by south of the border which everybody you know talks about you know pedro and south of the border you know yeah. they have those signs Looney, for 100 Louies, fireworks yeah. and all that yeah yeah all, that stuff. all yeah. that stuff yeah i didn't i didn't see any of that stuff coming back so wow. it was a it was a really kind of weird route coming back, and it wasn't, it, like I said, it wasn't a particularly tiring route, which made the, you know, 10 or 11 hours behind the wheel pretty pretty doable, I guess, so.
3: It's too bad you didn't go through New Jersey, because you had the luxury of not having to pump your gas.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, actually, actually, I gotta tell you, I thought I was in New Jersey, and mm-hmm. I, and I stopped, and I must have still been in Pennsylvania, because I pulled into a gas station, and uh, I'm like, oh, you know, they, they... Pump, they pump your gas for you in New Jersey, and I'm like, oh, we must still be in Pennsylvania, and uh, we were. Uh, it was a, we must have been right on the border. And again, we we're in New Jersey for a really short, short period of time. We never were on the Jersey Turnpike. I don't even I don't know where we were, but uh, we uh, it, it, the way we kind of set it up was we we drew out this map, and then I used my Garmin navigation and kind of right. put in destination points like okay i want to get to the tappan bridge so i want to you know but i didn't put that in till i was somewhere where it wasn't going to want me to you know go you know it's kind of funny how gps works sometimes because i put in my home address and it wanted me to go um, across route 4 in florida over to orlando and then up to 95 that way and i'm like i'm not going across the state over to orlando and up that way that's that's a that's horrible. That's a, yeah. that's a horrible ride. So, um, so we, we, you know, we. I don't know. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna, you know, now, you know. Once the uh, the rest of the shell shark part wears off, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna sit down check with the map settings. and figure, figure out, figure out, yeah, and figure out where I was.
3: Because if you check his settings, you might find out it says the fastest way or the shortest yep. way. Yep. You know,
1: yep. check those things. I had yep. A
3: friend of mine that had one in his Toyota. Uh, vehicle brand new, and he wanted to go on a mass pike somewhere near the Springfield area. And he couldn't get on the mass pike, it kept telling him do this, do that. He didn't realize it that his setting was saying to avoid toll uh, toll roads, so that's why his oh, yeah, GPS yeah. was telling him not yep. to get on that road. He couldn't figure right. out why.
1: Yeah, I, I used to, I had an old TomTom GPS that, um probably doesn't even work anymore i don't know if i still have it and it was um and you could actually have it avoid highways altogether which was kind of which was kind of good if you were driving through like a little state like rhode island and Mm -hmm. and 95 and 195 were all jammed up you could just hit the avoid highways and would take you through all these little back streets and stuff which was kind of which was kind of handy but um the garmin one I don't believe has that, but there is a lot of little setting. And I noticed in the in the Garmin one that I'm using now, it actually had alternate routes, too. So it would be like, okay, here's the normal route we'll usually send you on, and here's the other route we'll send you on, which was which was kind of nice, too. So.
3: You know, when you go from the Mass Pike to 84, I thought there was a diner there. Uh, the Blue Diner, I think it was called.
1: Mm, maybe. Uh, something
3: like that. Yeah. That is one of the best places to eat. It seems like we have about four or five Greek guys running the restaurant there. Yeah. Delicious food, delicious piece of pie, homemade this, homemade that. Really good. We look forward to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's, again, that's part of the thing we haven't really done yet is to sort of relax and try to enjoy the ride and stop it. Like, oh, this is a great little roadside, you know, restaurant or something like that. Mm. And we haven't we haven't done that yet because on our way down we were kind of anxious cuz we wanted you know we wanted to see how bad the hurricane damage was well, and on the and on the way home we just decided it was time to come home so yeah but one of these days one of these days we'll stop at you know all the cool little restaurants and you know diners and and you know years and years ago on the program I had a guy who wrote um a book about about diners about regular old-fashioned diners yeah. and he he did a whole little cross-country trip of you know stopping in Good little restaurants, and uh, and and the one thing he said, one thing he said to me was, "Never get the blue plate special." I'm like, Why is that?" He goes, "I had the blue plate special, which was meatloaf, on two different occasions, and I was and I and, I, and I was <laughs> sick both times afterwards. So Ooh. don't get the blue, don't get the blue plate special." Ooh. And I get, yeah. So I always, I always thought about that. So never get the blue plate special.
3: Here's one of the benefits of going to Junior's over in Middleborough, across the street. Is what?
1: Uh, Dave's Diner. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and uh, where you can, Yeah, where you can where you can get yeah. I've I've been there a couple times and uh and Jack, the guy who runs that does a real nice job and mm-hmm. and the and the waitresses are all hot tickets too, so they're they're all Yeah, they all, they all get a little bit of a sense of humor. So yeah.
3: Right, right. Nice place to go yeah I think Julian must have spent a little more time over there on his second cup of coffee or something he hasn't called in yet
1: well well yeah i yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure where he was because um it was uh uh you know he said he said he was he was actually gonna he had to go um he has a storage facility um that he uh rents out for people who store boats and cars over the wintertime sure. and he said he said he had to go down and he had to get uh, a car out of storage and a boat out of storage so maybe he got tied up doing that so
3: mm. He's getting we'll too old s- to do that stuff.
1: Well, you know, and it's his birthday. It's I think it's his birthday either yesterday or today. Okay. So, um, so, and I think he said to me he's seventy two.
4: Oh, wow!
1: And I got to tell you, I was when I was in a shop, and and when I go there, one of the reasons I go there is I go hang around and watch and see what's going on. Sure. And he was he was mounting up some eighteen inch truck tires on a, a Chevy pickup truck. And you know he's he's, you know hauling around these eighteen inch big luggy you know, twelve inch wide tires, and pretty good shape for a guy his age.
3: Oh, absolutely, With A little yeah. fireball.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
3: You know if he still has his boat that he takes on
1: the the lake. He's, he's he's got he's he doesn't have the he doesn't have the great big boat that was a hundred and eighty mile an hour boat. He sold right. that he sold that to a guy out in wherever they race hot boats like out in Arizona or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And uh but he still has his he's got a smaller boat. He's got a pontoon boat that um is is what she says is college boat with a uh, it's a tritune actually so it's got three tubes on it and yeah. I think it's got a I think it's got a 350 horsepower outboard on it. So wow. it's a, so it's a 60 mile an hour pontoon boat.
3: Wow. <laughs> it's like an oxymoron there. Say, went a minute. Yeah. what yeah, is it? Yeah. So you know?
1: so it's a, so it's a big party barge but it's a but it's a fast boat. So yeah. 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 No, he's he's uh you know, he he's he's uh you know, he's always got he's always got fun toys to look at and you know, even yeah. when I was oh, yeah. in a shop he was working on there was a Ford Mustang that belonged to one of his customers that was a um that had a that had a uh, little had a turbocharger added to it, fresh air intake, pretty nice looking car. And then there was a Chevy Nova, maybe like a '67 Chevy Nova with an LS4 engine in it, uh, and a, I think it I think it had a six-speed or eight-speed automatic transmission. And that one just came from it, the guy who owned it bought it from Barrett Jackson, and it actually had a bad rear ending it and the thing only had like a hundred miles on it. Um, oh, yeah. so we so Junior ended up calling the company that did it and they sent him the new parts out and so he got that squared away for the guy. And then the same guy I think had a Camaro in his shop that they were doing some stuff to so um and then he older had the, or newer. Uh, an old one. Older one. Okay. Yeah like sixty eight, sixty nine. Oh nice. and then yeah, then he had then he had a car he was putting a digital dash in. Plus they were doing regular you know, regular, you know, maintenance to normal people's cars. So, you know, so the performance stuff was all in the back shop. The regular stuff was all in the front shop. Yeah. And uh, he was just working away.
3: What a character. You know, my son yeah. went out and bought a vehicle for their uh, 17-year-old daughter. They bought a 2017 Hyundai, I think it was. Yeah. Don't know what model. It had a 1.4 engine in it. And he goes, Dad, you're not going to believe it. It has a turbo in it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. No, I, that's... Are kidding me?
3: And the 1.4? You see, it usually comes with a two-point something engine it, but this one has a 1.4, and the body style changed. Hmm. But it's like a turbo in a 1.4. It just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. No, you know, there... You step on the pedal, and it goes.
1: Yeah. No, they're... they're it's amazing how many of these little cars have, you know, turbocharged engines that do really well. Hey, Tom, we got to get going. we got to pay All some right. bills. Take All right, nice, always nice talking to you. Take care now. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. Hey, we gotta, we got to take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. If you want to join us, our phone number is 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Phone lines are open if you want to chit-chat with us about anything about your car. And when we come back, we got a bunch of stuff from the mailbag. A lot of emails came in this week of people with various car problems. We'll go over some of those when we come back. But if you have a question, we are live at 781-837-4900. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on AM on AM on FM 959 WATD. We'll be right back.
0: AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com/join.
2: Most painters you hire only do paint. Covering over rot and disrepair can lead to even greater costs down the road. Hi, I'm Sheldon Stewart of Stewart Painting, and we never cover up the rot. From Cape Cod to Quincy, we are a one-stop shop that brings carpentry to over 35 years of paint expertise. From your initial call to your final cleanup, our team assures a job done right. That means identifying, repairing, and replacing any damaged surfaces. Our carpenters replace trim, siding, and decking every day, providing a quality service that our valued customers deserve. So let our team of professional carpenters and painters bring you a peace of mind, knowing your project wasn't just covered up, but it was done right. To schedule your free estimate, call either of our Hyannis or Hingham offices, or to get a virtual quote, go to stewartpaint.com. And remember, Stuart Painting. Expect the best
0: make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul the car doctor on ninety-five-nine WATD
1: now back to the car doctor and welcome back to the car doctor program next week you know hopefully everybody calls in the way they're supposed to but next week uh, we're going to talk with an author his name is uh, Wes Davis and he wrote a book. Uh, it's on the road with Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, and John Burroughs. A um, it's it says a rare account of the brilliant minds as they set off in search of America. Um, some of the little comments about it Davis conveys the excitement and dangers of the early of early automobile travel and crafts a memorable. Uh, memorable set pieces a historical road trip uh, road trip is well worth taking also i think and it hasn't been confirmed yet we're going to be talking to ford automotive historian ted ryan it is also ford's 120th anniversary so 120 years for ford uh, this account of uh, henry ford and thomas edison traveling the country that sounds kind of interesting so we'll uh, we'll, we'll be talking with them about uh but what we got coming up, and I believe uh, next Sunday is Father's Day, which means the big Father's Day car show in Hyannis, down downtown Hyannis. That's a big show. It attracts hundreds of cars. The negative, I guess, if you do bring a car to that show, you're sort of locked in for the day. You have to get there at like eight in the morning to set up, and you can't leave. They, you know, you're sort of stuck there. Uh, they don't want you driving up and down because they close main street and hyannis so that car shows coming up and um the newport car museum i think has free admission for father's day for dads so uh and we gotta we gotta get gunther you know gunther was supposed to be on the program the owner of the newport car museum uh, about a month or so ago uh something uh came up in his personal life he had to cancel at the last minute but they have um their latest acquisition is a 2006 Bugatti, so that's like a two and a half million dollar supercar. So uh, pretty interesting stuff always down there. And then there's the Audrain Museum down in Newport, and um, I've never been to that. I want to get to that one of these days. Um, that's the one. If you ever watched, you know, Leno's Garage, the the guy who. Uh, who who does the program with them? He sort of runs the Audrain Museum, um, so they they have a lot of interesting programs. It's a small small museum, uh, but they rotate their cars through there fairly often, and uh, they have they have a lot of interesting programs that they do. So, uh, but I've never really gotten anywhere talking with them. Where the Newport Car Museum, we get to chat with them a lot, and then of course coming up in July is the big Endicott Estate. Uh, uh, car show and of course in uh foxborough at the best pro shops there's car shows uh if you're involved in the automotive hobby and uh, you have a car show or a cruise night or a cars and coffee event uh, and you want to promote it on this program uh, you can either call in and actually talk about it or you can uh you can send me an email at paul at aaa com, and we will try our best to promote your program. Um, there are, you know, in where I live here in Dennisport uh, at the Patriot uh, Plaza where the stop and shop is, uh, the uh, the Cape Cod uh, c- uh, car group, I forget what they're called. I don't know. We'll call them the Cape Card cruisers. I don't think that's right. But they do a they do a show every Saturday night, usually from four to seven, something like that. And they usually have a good group of cars that show up. They probably have uh, the members cars, which is uh, which is probably twenty five or thirty cars usually show up, plus a lot of people come from you know, off Cape and you know, down to, you know, Chatterman, Orleans, they'll come up for this for this and it's there's always like every every event i go to there's always something it seems like i haven't seen before the little one and it's not that little but the one in the town in florida that i'm in um that was a wednesday morning cars and coffee uh usually people get there at 7 8 o'clock something like that and uh pretty much everybody clears out by 9:30. um and so it's pretty quick. People come in, have a cup of coffee, park their cars, walk around. And that one every single and I probably went to it a dozen times this year and every single time I go, there's always a car that I hadn't seen before. And some of them are some of them are pretty unique. There was a a Rambler Scrambler that I hadn't seen before. There was a really interesting 70 or 71 Camaro. But it was ordered while General Motors was on strike, so it was ordered as a 70, and it might have come in as a 71, uh, all original car. Uh, Interesting, some of the original cars I saw were actually from Rhode Island and Massachusetts that actually, you know, ended up down in Florida. Uh, One guy I was talking to lived in Harwich, I think, and he has, you know, three or four cars down in Florida, has three or four cars in Harwich, and, uh, you know, kind of tinkers with them all over the place, so you know kind of kind of fun things to see. Our phone number again 781-837-4900 lines are open if you would like to join us and talk about your car. And uh, some of the stuff that came in this week was um was pretty interesting. Um Somebody, somebody wrote in and they said, I'm trying to get a handle on costs related to battery-operated electric vehicles. Could you kindly give me an idea of cost per mile or annual cost of maintenance of electric vehicles? The numbers seem confusing. So something to help me understand would be nice. Um, here's kind of the, as a general rule, if you could do apples to apples. So if you could do two identical cars, that one was gasoline and one was a hybrid or one was a, battery electric car so like a kia nero for instance you can get a kia nero in a hybrid a plug-in hybrid gas car whatever uh so battery car and um for the first five years of ownership they're pretty much the same because you're going to pay more for the battery car now the maintenance costs are going to be way less because you're not going to do oil changes You're not going to do brakes, probably, because brakes in electric cars last a really long time. In the Kia vehicles, I believe you have to change the battery coolant every three years or so. So there's a little bit of that to deal with. But then once you have the car for more than five years or so, then you start to see um, costs start to go down a little bit, so they can be a little bit cheaper. But then it also depends on where you're going to charge up. Some public charging stations are free. Uh, when I was driving an electric car in Florida, there was a charging station uh, near where this farmer's market was that we would go to. So I'd go to the charging station, plug in, and it was free to use. It was also painfully slow, but it was free to use, so you could charge up while you were there. Um, so it was it was okay to use that. Uh, some have a f- some have fees, and some of the fees are fairly expensive. Uh, so it depends on where you go. Uh most people you know charge at home, and in Massachusetts here we have pretty high electric rates compared to other parts of the country where they're lower um, but I found that even charging at home with a hundred and twenty volt outlet, it was still cheaper than the three fifty nine I just paid for gas so um so where it gets questionable is no one really knows what the latest electric car is going to be worth in five years or six years so the residual value gets a little iffy at that point so um, it's a little hard to really put a real number on it yeah maintenance is going to be cheaper Uh, energy costs depending on where you charge can vary quite a bit Uh, recently Ford and now General Motors just announced that they're going to be using the Tesla style charger Um, so they'll be able to gm and ford will be able to charge at tesla stations tesla stations can get pretty expensive to charge at so again depending on how it's going to work and then there's a little bit of confusion on the plugs there is something called a chatamo plug which is a kind of weird looking big plug for level three charging then there's also a CCS plug which is uh, which is for 240 volts it's one plug for 440 volts it is a double size plug but it's sort of in the same power door I guess so you open it up and you flip down the bottom half and it can take the bigger outlet and then there is the uh, Tesla style plug which is completely different than anybody else now I would assume that There'll be some sort of adapter that can adapt the Tesla-style plug to the CCS-style. Or, the other way around, I've heard online that there are, or read online, that there are adapters that go from CCS-style, high-speed CCS-style, to Tesla-style plugs. I've seen the ones for the 240-volt ones, the um, Level 2 charging and it's just a simple plug that plugs into the cable and then plugs into the Tesla and can charge it up and they then they work pretty well. So is there, you know, is there a real number? It's hard to it's hard to figure out. Uh but if you go to um ev.northeast.aa.com, we have a whole web page uh dedicated to electric vehicle um information, commentary, new information, that sort of stuff. So you can find it at uh uh, EV.Northeast.AAA.com. You can find it there. Um,
2: we have a uh, Wayne in from Duxbury.
1: Well, let's talk to Wayne from Duxbury. Wayne, good morning.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Um,
4: the question I have: I have a 2014 Ford uh, F-150 XLT yeah. uh, with with uh, 69,000 on it. And, uh, two years ago, I was going to trade it in on a new, uh, platinum, what is it, the platinum, and my kids, my boys talked me out of it, thank God, I'd still be paying for it, and, uh, uh, the question I have, what, what is the, uh, the lifespan of these, uh, EcoBoost engines, I think it's a great engine, it really moves, and, uh, Oh, it it know. has
1: it has been remarkably good because realisti- realistically they don't work very hard unless you make them work hard. So you know you think about this little engine that can make four hundred horsepower, and and it makes you know four hundred foot pounds of torque. So it's a it's a really gutsy little engine. But how often do you really call for that? Not that often. Uh, so, no, no. I so, go on the
4: beach occasionally, and you know that's about yeah. all the four wheel drive I get. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. And so. even at that, even at that, you're not you don't have your foot to the floor. So so, and that's what and that's what increases the life of these engines because they're not they're, If you were somebody who towed a heavy boat all the time or construction equipment all the time. Yeah, you probably would, you know, you you know, maybe maybe you get a couple 100,000 hundred miles under the engine. But because the engine's not working very hard, it's it's basically loafing most of the time. It's you know, you probably you probably only need, you know, out on the highway it's 60 miles an hour, you probably only need 15 horsepower to go 60 miles an hour. So, yeah. so so you know, the engine's just sort of just kind of hanging out there, not doing a whole lot. So, you know, the the you know, the lifespan of the engine is only limited to, you know, making sure you do the regular maintenance to it. And the one thing I have seen with these EcoBoost engines is on some of them, I've seen the turbocharger seals start to leak and then they'll start to use some oil. But that's been a very limited number of vehicles most of them have been really good using any oil yep no nope. um, most of them have been really good so you you think it's good for a
4: while yet and um, oh there's no need to uh, oh I, I think yeah, I,
1: the only reason you know, I mean, could
4: think miles a year on it yep.
1: so. the only reason I could think to trade it in would be because yeah. you'll get you'll get a good price for it right now because it is, it is. You know, that's the way the market is. On the other hand, right, right, right. In great shape. Yeah, and and but the but the downside is you're going to pay a lot of money for the replacement. I know. So so I think at this point I'd hang on to it. Why not? Yeah. So you
4: think that engine is good for another? Thirty or forty thousand,
1: and, and. Oh, I, I think it's good for another hundred and thirty or hundred and forty. <laughs> okay, All right. Well, I guess that answers my question. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> I, I think yeah. that's the thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Great. I, All right. I appreciate the, well, thanks uh, for calling in the input. You bet. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Before we take another break, I, I want to talk about this. Is this was. Uh, Somebody wrote to me, and they said a car maintenance post on Facebook said if your car is running rough, try soaking the ox- oxygen sensor in bathroom cleaner to clean up the deposits. Have you ever heard of this? Now, Jesse, you're not you're not a you're not a big car guy, but what do you think about soaking an oxygen sensor in bathroom cleaner?
2: Yeah, I mean I'll give anything a try, so I'm in.
1: You're in. Well, that's not the answer I had. The answer I had was, if I believed everything I read on social media, I'd be rich and good-looking. Nope, I'm not. So uh, my thought is... Well, I'm uh, rich and good-looking, and it's because I found a post online (laughs) that fixed (laughs) me. That told you how to be rich and good-looking? Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Smart move. Um, But here's the deal. If the oxygen sensor is lazy, which can happen over time, uh, it won't react to, you know, when you, you know, Push on the gas pedal, open the throttle. Uh, But it won't make the engine run rough unless it's so bad that it's causing spark plugs to foul. So, um, yeah, you can take the oxygen sensor out. You can clean it with carburetor cleaner, fuel injection cleaner, whatever they want to call it these days. They actually have something called oxygen sensor cleaner which is carburetor cleaner um but honestly if you're going to go through all that work to take it out because you think there's a problem with it because there's codes pointing to the oxygen sensor or if you're able to actually have a scanner where you can watch the oxygen sensor work and it looks lazy just put a new one in you know if you're going to go through all that work get a decent quality it doesn't have to be an original one but it needs to be a decent quality oxygen sensor uh some people even believe um That if your car is running as good as it should be, changing your oxygen sensor every 100,000 miles is money well spent. They're not that expensive these days, and changing it to get a fresh one in there sometimes can certainly help. Why don't we take another break? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on 95.9 FM. See, I said FM this time. Uh, WATD, your South Shores radio station. Give us a call at 781 837 4900. We'll be right back.
0: Talk Radio with a South Shore point of view. Hi, I'm Kevin Chachi. Join me tomorrow for Monday Night Talk, where the South Shore comes to talk. Tomorrow night after the 6 o'clock news here on 95.9 WAPD. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24 hours, 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at AAA.com join.
3: The Y is better with friends. That's why when you join the South Shore YMCA this month and refer a friend, you'll both find a safe, encouraging place to be healthy, active, and stronger together.
0: When you find your why and share it with those you love, you'll discover a community that cares back, where everyone in the family can find their way to connect, to play, to unwind, and to thrive.
3: The Y offers hundreds of group fitness classes, basketball and tennis courts, pickleball, swimming pools, indoor cycling, yoga and meditation, Zumba, aqua fitness, family activities, inclusive and adaptive programming, and so much more.
0: And the Y offers free on-site babysitting so mom and dad can enjoy a workout. Find the place where you, your family, and friends truly belong. Join the South Shore Y today and pay zero joiner's fee. And when you refer a friend, you can both save 20% each month. Visit ssymca.org for details.
3: Find your Y at the South Shore YMCA. The better you Belongs here.
0: This is Dan Cloutier.
3: And this is Kim Jennings.
0: We're, We're from, from Birch Bear, Bear Records. Records. Tune in to Twilight Showcase Radio. Hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James. On 959WATD and 959WATD.com. Search for Twilight Showcase on Facebook and visit TwilightShowcase.org. Twilight Showcase, tomorrow night from 7 to 9 on 959WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the Car Doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the Car Doctor.
1: And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Uh, Go over a couple more questions. Real simple question. I have a 2200 cord. Should the spare tire be set at 60 PSI? Seems like a simple question. And um, just like the other four tires on the car, there's a recommended air pressure rating for the spare uh, which is usually located if you open up the driver's door. There's a little placard there that tells you how much you air to put in the tires. Uh, in my own cars, I tend to ignore the placard a little bit. I keep the tire pressure correct for the tires on the car, but for the spare, I will um, usually air it up to whatever the maximum is on the tire. So you know, if it's if the spare if it says 65 psi max on the spare, I'll do that because. You don't use your spare tire very often. Hopefully not at all, but, you know, not very often. And a good tire might lose a pound of air a month. So you could, over time, especially, who knows, you know, is this the original 21-year-old spare tire in this car? Maybe. Um, So... First off, how good is that tire going to be if you need to drive it any real distance? You know, I would check that tire over for cracks and breaks and problems if it is the original spare. But uh, if it looks to be in good shape, or or in, it probably is the original spare, um, but if it looks to be in good shape, I'd probably put the max air in, only, and it's probably the difference between 60 and 65 pounds, only because if it's losing a little bit of air pressure, um, you don't want to have a flat spare when you go to need it and i speak from sort of weird experience i was doing a video about spare tires and i used my own car not the car i have now but the car i had previously and the spare tire was mounted upside down under the car like a lot of suv tires are and i checked it periodically like I did, you know but not as often as regular tires on the car like once or twice a year and um As part of the little talk I did, I said it is important to um, make sure the mechanism that lowers and raises up the spare is well lubricated. Because what can happen over time, that can rust up and you go to try to lower the spare tire and you can't. Or... If it's a spare tire that just hangs on a bracket, the big bolt that holds the bracket up in place is all rusted. So it's a good idea to do a little bit of maintenance under there, lubricate it up with some penetrating oil, um, so you know it's not doesn't get too rusty, and you can work at it that way. So I did that as part of the video. So I you know show lubricate here, do this, check the spare tire tire pressure. Well, what happened was the valve in stuck, and I didn't notice. And normally what you should do whenever you check tire pressure is before you put the cap back on, you should make sure the valve seats properly. Didn't seat properly, I got a flat tire about a month later. Tire was spare tire was flat. Good for me. So anyway, little little words words to the wise. Hey, I want to thank uh, folks for calling in today. And until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road. Slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.